1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode here of Winged Octopus. This is Tyler here alongside Tess, Tanner, and our special guest today, George. How are you doing today, George?
2: I'm hanging in there. How are you guys?
1: Uh, we're doing pretty good. Living the dream, man. Tanner, Tess, how are you guys doing? Life's good.
0: I'm doing, doing great. My first time back in, like, I feel like forever, so I'm happy <laughs> to be back with you guys.
1: It's definitely <laughs> been a while. So a lot has happened, you know, since we last talked. Uh, Thomas Tatar's getting greedy here so that's the, where we're <laughs> going to start here um, so I'm, I'm just going to start here with the Thomas Tatar situation I don't know if you guys have heard but to Tom, Thomas Tatar apparently is looking for a 7 year contract uh, north of 5 to 6 million dollars a year I'm just going to start with George since you're the guest is he worth that kind of money
2: nope <laughs> not 6 million a year uh, not for 7 years no thank you so um, so
1: where would you put him
2: I think that uh, I I have this sinking feeling that, that and I don't mean that in a bad way I just mean that in a predictable way that Ken, that Ken Holland is going to get the deal done at, at too much money whatever you can define as too much money it will be too much money but mm-hmm. um, I, I think that he's maybe worth five to five and a half million dollars I'm I, the analytics folks have have shown that he could be worth anywhere between four and a half to five and a half. You know, um, to me, uh, it, it's not that complicated. You 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 give him five years, maybe six. You front load the deal um, and take care of it at at the, at the cap number that you that you want it. Uh, and I'm assuming around five to five and a half for the Red Wings, um, but. No, I would not pay him six million dollars a year. That that's, I know it's not a whole lot of money when we're talking about the uh, an NHL team salary cap, but it's just enough money to completely f things up.
1: Well, I mean, see, the thing that really irritates me here, and and I totally agree with you that he's not worth that price. I do think that you know he's worth somewhere around five, five and a half. Um, pushing it is six. You know, if he was on the open market, he'd probably get six. Um, But, I mean, a guy that scored 20 goals quietly over the last three years because, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of Red Wings fans that we've talked to, um, a lot of people that have tweeted at us back and forth, and we appreciate those tweets from everybody, um, has said that he's inconsistent. That's been, like, the – the main word that a lot of people have used myself even used that until I actually looked and I, I kind of broke the player down and I looked and wow, you know, he's quietly had uh, three goal seasons, 29 and, and 14, 15, uh, 21 and 15, 16, and then 25 last year quietly. Um, so just your thoughts on that real quick, you know, like where, where why do people think that he's so inconsistent?
2: Because he and Nyquist were really damn good down the stretch. Um, and that was the case the previous season as well, where or, or at least it appeared that way. Let's put it that way. It, it, it appears that Nyquist and, and Tatar can only score when this pressure isn't on the team. And I, you know, if you look at it, it's a little, it's a little less to that, that extent, but it, it, there's the perception is there and perception is everything among the fan base, no offense to the fan base, but that's the way we are.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I would just say the other thing is, like, you know, there was so much expected of Thomas Tatar and Gustav Nyquist. Like, those were going to be the, the next coming of, the, you know, the Euro Twins V2, people were calling them. I think that was a little bit of an unfair uh, assessment because even looking at, you know, some of the advanced stats, um, Gustav Nyquist was an incredibly lucky player. Um, you know, his shooting percentage was over 50, I believe it was. or It was even closer to 60 at, at one point when he was on that run of, you know, what I I don't even remember exactly what it was. But, you know, down the stretch, he basically willed the Red Wings to the playoffs that year, uh, and then they ended up getting dusted by the Bruins. Um, but, Tess, I want to get your thoughts on the same thing, just to integrate everybody. Um, what are your thoughts on the Nyquist or the Tatar situation? Jesus. <laughs>
0: Um, he's greedy. I saw what he wanted and I was just like, bye Felicia. I don't think he's worth it. Just what? Well, like, so like I said, you look at the stats. I looked at him him the other day and I was like, okay, he has scored 20 goals the last three seasons, but he's been so streaky. I feel like he's had games where he scored a hat trick or two goals, but then he'll go stone cold for a month. And that's where I think as already fans were like, so you want this money, but you will not score a goal for a month. So what makes you think that you're so deserving of it? So I don't think he's deserving of what he's asking
1: for. I happen to, to agree with you. Um, he's the second coming of Johan Franzen, in my opinion. You know, he go he, he gets hot, and when he's hot, you can't touch him. But when he's cold, you know, boy, is he cold. Um, yeah, but and in, then,
2: in this NHL, uh, in, in this day and age, Franzen would be a $5 million a year player. Yep. yep.
1: Hell, probably even more at that size. But but definitely, um, Tessa, do you have any other thoughts on, on the Tatar situation?
0: Uh, just I wish he wasn't being greedy. I just feel like it's when I saw what he wanted, that seven-year deal, I just felt it was like it's unredwing like to be very greedy.
1: Yes. I'm just I not agree.
0: used to seeing our players being so greedy because we grew up in a time where players were taking pay cuts for people to come here. So what? I'm like, this is not the attitude we need. So if he's going to be that way, then we can get rid of him now.
1: So my follow-up thought here, and, and I'll bring it up in a second. Tanner, I just want to get your thoughts on the, on the Tatar situation.
3: Yeah, I, I don't think he can disappear like he has. Um, you know, at times last year he kind of turned it on, but it's when the Red Wings' hopes were, you know, their playoff hopes were kind of out of reach, so it didn't really matter. Um as George mentioned, you know, if they did a contract like this, they would front load it uh, in comparison to what they've done with Helm and Abdelkader. Um, they've really front loaded those contracts. Uh, Helm made $5 million last year and is scheduled for $4.5 this year. Uh, Abby made $5.5 last year and his next two years are at $5 million. Um, and then he dips to 4 75 below, before dipping below for his final three years. Um if 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 Tatar's looking at some of the money these other guys are getting that is not that are not as much of goal scorers as he is, I'd probably be demanding that same money too. Um, I don't think everybody that we that we get that comes through Detroit is like it has been in the past, where everybody's just been ho hum about their contracts and and um, not willing to talk about it. I think he's feels like he deserves to get that amount of money for what he's done last few years. Um, you know, I guess just the difference is. He can't disappear at times, and he won't get a full season under him this year to kind of prove that because of the shoulder injury. Who knows uh, when he'll be back? But um, and, and Detroit can't afford to pay him because of the situation that they're in with these other contracts, and you know they wanna they're talking about bringing back Vanek. They don't even have the space to do that this
1: off season right now. So
3: um, you know, I guess it'll just going kind to of be interesting. You know, his his time in Detroit maybe coming to a close.
1: Which brings me up to my next follow-up question. Tanner, I'm going to stick with you here. Um, are the Red Wings going to trade him? I, I feel like a trade is inevitable. Do you feel the same way?
3: Uh, I think it's too early to tell. I think you got to kind of gauge where the team is uh, a couple weeks before the deadline, um, which is why they did some of those signings last year. If they're kind of in the thick of it, I don't think they move him or make any trades. I think it would be kind of weird to – um, make a trade at the midseason point if they're um, kind of competing. Um, if so, they were to be out of it like last year, I could see them trying to move them.
1: So, so I'm not saying uh, you know let the season play out or anything. I'm saying uh, because they're going to sign Athanasiu which is somewhere we're going to be going here pretty soon, um, and to sign Tatar as well. They're they're going to be over the cap, and that's even with putting. Um, with putting um, Erickson on long-term injury reserve, or I'm sorry, with putting Franzen on long-term injury reserve, they only have like $3 million in cap space to get both of those contracts done. So the the tra- a trade is inevitable, or I'm not sure what's going to happen because something's got to give here, uh, especially if they're going to get those two players uh, you know, under the salary cap. Yeah, don't you agree?
3: I, yeah, I just don't want to uh, – I won't jump ahead to this, Anthony, see so you – Topic just yet. Um, I, I think it's still just kind of a wait and see, and, and it is kind of a wait and see with Anthony. See you uh, if they can get a deal done with him.
1: Tess, just your thoughts on on possibly trading Tatar and, and cutting cutting bait right now. Uh,
0: I don't know. Like, I mean, I if he's gonna be greedy, I want him gone. But whatever's gonna make this team good again, because I don't want another depressing season. So if he needs to go, he can go. If you have to keep him, I'll
1: survive. And George, your final thoughts on on the Tatar situation, like you know, possibly trading him, and do you think a trade is inevitable? Because I that's kind of where I wanted to, you to go with this.
2: Do I think a trade is inevitable? Uh, no, I think that it's. Uh, I I just have this this feeling that that Ken that Ken Holland is going to make sure that the homegrown player stays homegrown, even if he has to do has to put the cap into a pretzel. But. Uh, that's just my take. I do I think that it is possible that he could be traded. I would put it at about sixty forty with the forty percent being yeah and the sixty percent being eh which is a technical term for
1: <laughs>
2: so the technical term for not being quite sure. So there we cool. go.
1: So, Tess, I wanna get I want you to get into those um, quotes if you could.
0: Oh yes, hold on one second. Let
1: but, me start. but while you do that, I'm just going to yep. ask one follow up question to you, George. Um, so the the Tatar situation. Let's say he gets five point seven five, or you know, somewhere uh, around that price, and you know, they end up signing Athens to see you. Where where are they going to wiggle with the with the cap? Are they going to ask Nicholas Cromwell, the girl on long term injury reserve? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, my thought for the uh, for first and foremost is that uh, this magical signing of Luke Witka- Witkowski, um, who's supposed to be the new tough guy. Yeah, his ass goes to the AHL in no time flat. Yeah. And then you have another, I don't know, 700K to work with. And uh, the question for me is what do the Red Wings do with their goaltending situation? Because it certainly sounds like you know I was really intrigued that that today uh, Jeff Suleika was uh, quoted by the Red Wings website as, as saying that you know it was pretty evident that Jimmy Howard was the number one guy last year, and yes, it was pretty evident that Jimmy Howard was the number one guy last year, but to hear the organization say that, you know, it it it's it it. I'm not saying that that, that, that makes it a, a trade any more, re, any more probable, but there, there's some acknowledgement there that, that the situation is, is what it is, and, and in that sense, you've, you've got yourself a $4 million backup who is a little more marketable than, than Jimmy is.
1: Just going into that goalie situation very quickly, what, what do you think is going to shake out there?
2: Me? Yes. Okay. Uh, what do I think is going to shake out there? Again, terrible feeling, uh, sinking feeling in my stomach that uh, we're going to see Jimmy Howard and, and Peter Morozik start the season and that the cap machina- machinations will probably be, I think, I think there is a fair chance that, that Cronwell will end up on the LTIR with, with serious ass arthritis in the knee. I have bad arthritis in my left knee and I can tell you that I don't know how the expletive deleted he's playing hockey right now <laughs> um feel free to
1: swear on here
2: well, well i don't know how the fuck he's <laughs> <heard> that, <so. laughs> i had
0: that quote tyler if you would like me to read it regarding yes please the- do tatar. so this was from cam tucker it was an article that nhl um nbc sports on nhl they posted a few days ago um detroit or tatar was quoted saying detroit offered me a contract and even with a few options for a year or four or five. We're still talking about the length and of course this financial amount on the contract. However, we aren't going anywhere and there's been enough time. And then the follow-up was arbitration is the last option I have to sign off. It's just a mandatory contract. Unless I agree with Detroit, I'll go to the court or they'll give me a year's contract. That would probably be my last season in Detroit.
1: Okay, so that right there just tells me that if he doesn't get a long-term deal, he's not staying here. So at that point, and I'm going to swear here, you trade his ass. You trade his ass as far as you can. Vancouver, um, L.A., Anaheim, get out. We don't need any more big contracts. At that point, you trade his ass. You cut whatever losses you have. You try to get a young defenseman. You try to get a uh, a pick or a prospect and just get out. That's it. You're thinking
3: from Thomas Tatar's standpoint, though, these contracts that Ken Holland's given out, hell yes, I would ask for this length, and hell yes, I would ask for this money. Ken Holland has proven that he's been stupid enough to do it before. Why would he not be stupid enough to do it again? Uh, If I'm Thomas Tatar, I'm I'm probably doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now.
1: Yeah, but if you're Thomas Tatar, don't you look at the cap situation and say, look, I no. want my team to be as no. good as possible? No. <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> he wants his they don't money, have man. that
0: mentality. They're being greedy now. They're he not. Wants, a, he they wants, wants his They're money, man. He's
3: 26. Now is the perfect time for him to get that five, six year, seven year contract. That way he can get another one uh, by the time he turns 32, 33. See,
1: but if your team, the team, you can tell them to screw and you can take the one they year deal. Him. You can take the one-year deal and you can sign Vanek. And, uh, you know, at that point, you can probably sign the Tennessee U as well. And at that point, you know, you probably have a decent forward uh, depth lineup that may even be able to get the team to the playoffs. Vanek was very good for them last year. I don't know if a lot of people realize how good he actually was for the Wings last year.
0: He was our lifesaver. Are you kidding me?
1: Right. And when he got traded, shoot-offs? you know, obviously things went downhill from there. Um, but... Vanek was good. Vanek was really good. And if they could bring him in on a short dollar, short term contract, I would do it. Um, Tess, do you have any other uh, quick uh, um, quotes there?
0: Uh, hold on one second. The Craig Customs quote. Uh, you highlighted yeah. a few things. So I'm just going to go off with what I first see. Um, he said, last year Ford, Mikel Bodirk. I don't know if I'm saying Bodker, that. Right. Yeah. Bodker, Yeah. Okay hit the market at 26 years old and got a four-year deal with the Sharks worth $4 million per season. He had never cracked 20 goals in his career and still hasn't. The price for Tatar on a long-term deal is going to be north of that, which we have since found out that Tatar wants seven years. Um, the best compar- comparable for Tatar may be Senators forward Mike Hoffman, who avoided arbitration last year with Ottawa by signing a four-year contract worth $20.75 million after putting up 56 goals in the previous two seasons combined before signing. Like Tatar is now Hoffman was 26 years old when he
1: signed. Um, so here's the thing I'm gonna tell you about Mike Hoffman. Mike Hoffman is five times the player Thomas Tatar is in my opinion. So uh, the thing that I'm gonna say right now, and then I will open it up to everybody else, is if Thomas Tatar looks at that and says Mike Hoffman got five point what is it? Five five point one eight five. Um, yeah. I mean, if the Red Wings to get Tatar for that, that's that's pretty good because Mike Hoffman on that deal, if he hit the open market, would probably make six, six and a half million dollars. Um, um so is that all you guys have on the Tatar situation? Do you guys want to touch on those quotes real quick, George and, and Tanner?
2: George has a question. Yes yeah. this was if this yes. wasn't Thomas Tatar, if it wasn't our slightly cocky, uh, every once in a while, spouts off in the Slovak media, friend, would things be different?
1: In, in terms of what, though?
2: In terms of the, the, the perception of, uh, okay, is he being greedy, uh, or is this just contract negotiations before arbitration? And we're presently, as we're recording this podcast, seven days from uh, Ken Holland, who always, almost won't. Well, Except for the case of Yuri Hoodler and Ray Shepard, uh, this organization just doesn't go to arbitration with players. It finds a way. Yeah. Uh, you know, is is this just bullshit, or 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 is this is this some is it is he being cocky and ungrateful and and a little rat because he's Thomas Tatar?
1: Well, I'll answer it first, and then you guys just go ahead. I think it's a little bit of both. I think that um Thomas Tatar has kind of built this little bit of a perception of having a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. But I mean at the same time, you know, why you know you who can blame him? He scored twenty goals each of the last three years. Mike Hoffman's done that, and Mike Hoffman makes five point one eight five a year. Yeah. So I mean, it's a little bit of both in my opinion. You guys go ahead. I'll
0: go. I think it is both. Um I just feel just – it's like I said earlier, it's, it's uncharacteristic of, like, red players to come off, like, greedy. So I just – I my the thing that popped my head, I'm just worried about if this thing, like, if it gets set up, if, he only, if he's here for only one more year, will that cause conflict in the locker room come training camp and the season starts? Like, will all the players be like, you were being a greedy asshole? Like, why do we want to play with you? Like, I just worry about that because you could tell last year there was – like, there was some stuff going on inside the locker room. Everything yeah, I, I don't Plucky. know how much. Of,
3: yeah, I don't know how much of that was Peter Mrazek either. With with some of those rumors, um, some of those guys are overwhelmed with that or not. Um.
0: I just know Tatar, like, he's, like, a big personality, which is fine. But now this whole, like, contract stuff, I'm just kind of, like, okay, like, you can just take it down, like, five matches. Because I'm just used to people saying they want to be a lifer here. They want to play for their beings. so great, blah, blah, blah. And now you're, like, he's being greedy. I'm, like, okay, are you being greedy or do you, like, have reasons? But also if there weren't the just dis- – Disgusting deals of Advocator and and all these crazy deals. I would be okay with him asking for but since there's really no room, I'm just basically like, shut your mouth, play hockey. You're making more than I am, so I don't want to hear you, bitch.
3: Well, we'll kind of move on to a to another um, contract conversation, uh, if you will. And, George, I'll start with you. There's been a lot of conversation um, in Detroit with Anthony Sioux and his agent um, talking about getting an extension in Detroit. Um, personally, I think you know he's he's younger. He's ready to take that next step. Um, he's like Tatar, but he has a little more size and speed, and and he's proven he can score. Um, do you find that the Red Wings might just push this Tatar thing to the side, and and focus on Anthony C. U. How do you kind of see um, them playing uh, that out over the next year?
2: Well, like I said, if this was not arbitration, it, it would be different. I really—the organization, the, from Jimmy Devolano to Ken Holland—it's uh, been there's been the absolute uh, virulent hatred of of having to go through the arbitration process, and reasonably so. I mean, rich winner, uh, Tatar's agent would. Rip the rip the Red Wings a new one on any day of the week because he's a very ruthless son of a gun. That's why he's one of the best agents in the NHL. But he's yeah. particularly nasty. Um, again, makes him a great agent. But uh, uh, I think that that once things are settled with Tatar, that that the Red Wings are are probably going to bridge the MCU. That's my take on it. That he gets he gets bridged, and if they put it on a one-year deal or they put it on a two-year, whatever is going to re- avoid unrestricted free agency for a little while longer, and then they and then they they deal with uh, more consistent production. That's my take. It's, that it's just one that it the, there's it's one year.
3: Tyler, how do you think uh, things shake out with Anthony and the Red Wings?
1: Yeah, I think that the team is going to try to push for the long-term deal, but uh, with the cap situation that they have right now and, um, you know, just just situations like that, they're going to have to do the one-year bridge deal, obviously see what, see what happens, see how things play out. Because if it's up to the team, the team sees that the player still needs to progress, still needs to get better defensively, uh, whether you uh, pay attention to analytics or not. Uh, he's not the greatest defensive player in the NHL by any means. Um, he can improve of course so if the team you know is going to offer a long-term deal it's going to be for short money Um, so obviously the agent and the player are going to want the shorter term deal so he can prove himself a little bit and I I think that that's one of the players you cannot let go no matter what happens because that kid has some flat-out talent and that guy can flat-out play so I think that, you know, it shakes out as a one-year deal, but I think it'll turn into more, uh, you know, as things go on here and he gets more ice time and the production, um, you know, follows.
3: Tess, how do you think about AA? you think he's part of this uh, future as we move forward?
0: I sure hope he's part of the future, but I also have a quote from Craig Constance as well from a few days ago. Uh, he said the best comparable maybe be Canucks forward Sven." Barney. Barney. Okay, thank you. i butchering his name. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who signed a two-year deal last summer with an annual cap hit of $1.85 million. When he signed, he was one year older than Anthony Ciu and was coming off a 15-goal season compared to the 18 goals Anthony you scored this season. So it might be a touch low. And then Matt Kane's projections have Anthony Ciu at $1.9 million, so we're right in that ballpark. Yeah. I, I, I'm Team AA. I think he's – I, the thing is, always like I feel like I said the same thing about Nyquist and Tar when they were, you know, a few years ago. They were, you know, young and fast and being awesome. And AA, was he's young and awesome. I just hope he still continues to work hard and grow as a player because I think he has potential to just be one of the best in the league. His speed is unbelievable. He,
3: he really so grew oh. last year as a player. Um, it, was, it was good to see. And I think he's a part of that future. I'd like to kind of see them keep that core of Anthony, Siu, Mantha, and Larkin. Um, kind of growing together. Uh, But in these negotiations, I don't know if his agent will kind of leverage um, the way that Detroit has used Anthony C. over the last couple seasons because he has, you know, we talk about, um, you know, statistics and and all this stuff in hockey and analytics. Um, You know, he's one of their better five-on-five players, but it did not show an ice time, Um, you know, being left on the bench some late in games when you probably wanted his speed out there. Um, so I, I guess we'll see, you know, I, I know he, I don't know if he feels uh, slighted a little bit by the uh, Red Wings front office, but, you know, I kind of hope that the Red Wings uh, decide to keep him in there uh, long term.
1: I definitely agree with that. I think that the more ice time you're going to give him – I mean, think about it. This was actually in our, um, something i seen in, in – I, I think it was Prashanth Iyer, uh, his column that he wrote – and uh, this is going to go into advanced analytics stats, so I'm not going to go too far into it. Um, but, you know, basically he said that the Red Wings, the way they can utilize him, um, you know, offensively, is going to be with an, an idea that, you know, he's not going to be the best defensive player. So as long as he puts a little bit of an effort into it, because, I mean, think about it. Last year, Thomas Vanek came here. You know, he played really well he wasn't a very good defensive forward and he scored goals so andreas athenesiu gets the ice time puts the puck in the net and you know is at least responsible defensively i mean there's no problem in having a player like that i mean the penguins have phil kessel um you know there's a million players in the nhl the bruins have david pasternak there's there's a million examples of players that don't play a hell of a lot of defense but they're serviceable and they can score goals. Patrick Kane is a perfect example.
2: I think that uh, Pasternak is a, a really great example because he has speed. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think you need analytics to tell you that that Andreas Athanasiou isn't going to focus 100 percent of the time on the play that is is most logical from a defensive hockey point of view. It's just not the way he is. It's I don't know if you. I don't know if you guys have ever have, have listened to his interviews. Um, I've, i This is, you know, I'm I'm just coming back from the summer development camp. Uh, I I remember him as a young as a young lad. He's still a very <laughs> young lad, but I remember him as a wee boy, and and good God, is he cocky! It, it's great. It's great. I mean, he, he and we're talking about two like players in Tatar and Athanasiu in terms of their belief in themselves, which is great, you know, but it, it doesn't it, it doesn't um, it, I don't know how else to put it. It doesn't, it doesn't make you the most dedicated defensive player. That guy isn't going to be putting 110% into the back check 110% of the time. That's fine. Let him do what he wants to do, you know? Let him put but the
1: puck in the back as of the net. As, as long
2: as he, he – as, as you said, I think that as long as he is marginally reliable defensively, mm-hmm. you know, let him fly.
1: What's okay. his ceiling, George, in your opinion?
2: I think that uh, it's like Tatar Nyquist minus uh, a lot of the headaches for um, – the perceived headaches for effort. Frankly, um, because because he's so fast, because he can create stuff that um, that that is so unbelievably beautiful uh, at times, uh, then he he'll disappear for a couple of games, and Blashill will be on his ass, and people will be on Blashill for being on his ass, and I I'm I'm one of those rare people who actually is like, yeah, yeah I'm with the coach here. He's disappeared, but he does so 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 many things that are. Visually stunning. That you're. I think that that the fan is more willing to l- let it be, and that's cool with me.
1: I totally agree. Oh, I, I did, just have one follow-up question, oh, real quick, tina I'm sorry, no, you're okay. cut you off. Um, I did, and this is kind of out of left field here. It's just a random question because we were talking about Andreas Athenasiu and and you know some of the younger player. What what is your impression on Dylan Larkin? You know, I know this is a big season for him, but like, what is your expectation for him um, this season and going forward?
2: You guys liked Valtteri Filppula.
1: I did uh, like Filppula actually.
2: I I think that Larkin as a center, I, there are parts of me that are afraid that he's just going to get too dedicated to playing a two way game and that he's going to end up like Filppula. Um, and the positive, the positive side of me still believes that we're looking at a 50 to 60 point player, um, which in this league again, which we're in, we're in like the dead the zombie dead puck era, 50 to 60 points is pretty damn good. Um, but I, th- I think it might be a little less if he continues to focus on his defensive, uh, uh responsibilities the way he did this past season. Uh, we'll see, uh, but I, I am I am optimistic, and even if he ends up being another Valtteri Filippola, uh boy, the Wings have uh, been looking for a replacement for him since they let him go, yeah. and they I, haven't been able to find one.
1: Didn't appreciate him enough while he was there, that's for sure. Well, he didn't want to re-sign here because of um, Mike Babcock, and I'm sure there were other reasons as well, because they offered just about the same thing as Tampa did, and, uh, you know, he ended up going to Tampa instead. So, I mean, uh, that had to do with Babcock. And I'm sure there was some other – a few other things as well. Ice time and, you know, maybe not being the number one center. Although, you know, in Tampa he wasn't that either. But.
3: George, you mentioned uh, a few moments ago um, that you were at the uh, Prospect Development Camp uh, last week. Uh, so we're going to go around here. Each one of us has a uh, question for you, um, kind of just getting your opinions on, on what you saw um, and I, I guess I'll go ahead and start with my question first. Um, who probably stood out the most to you, or were there any surprises um, while you were there for guys that um, really performed well?
2: In terms of the guys that uh, performed well, there were absolutely no surprises uh, at, uh, on the defensive side. Um, Sari Arvey, Chalowski, um, despite despite everyone's shudder that, that and, and wish that the the jeff Ch- chikrin was somehow a red wing um chelowski i really liked um philip Pronik. um they were really impressive guys um and up front uh i was actually surprised uh given the uh um reports on him that uh michael rasmussen he can skate just fine i mean he's got anthony mantha strong uh big big strong man syndrome where maybe Johan Franzen like, you know, for a better comparison, where you just wish that he, he, he put in another half stride, and you wish that he he ground out a little little further, but uh, his mobility was good, he, and he likes to go to the front of the net and stay there, which is fantastic. Um, in terms of surprises, I am looking through the list right now, but <laughs> I will say that David Pope on forward, I didn't think that he was going to develop into somebody that the Red Wings were going to sign. And now it's 6'3 and nearly 200 pounds with a, another 15 pounds to gain. Uh, he's an intriguing prospect uh, and from college. Uh, I, he's got one more year at University of Nebraska Omaha. Um, and the guy that the Red Wings signed out of the Czech Republic, uh, Libor Sulak, uh very good, really intriguing in that he can be a bit of a wild horse of a puck uh rushing defenseman. He was fun to watch. He and Malty Setkov, that was the biggest surprise mm-hmm. <clears throat> was the Danish guy. Because Setkov mm-hmm. is six six and he can fly. Wow! And you're just oh, watching Lord. this guy carry up the carry the puck up the ice and you're going. You know, he wasn't as big around as a canned ham. <laughs> That's the problem. He's (laughs) as big around as a canned ham. (laughs) So when I seen
1: him, when when I seen they drafted him, you know, obviously at at that point most people tuned out the draft. But, you know, me being the nerd that I am um, was sitting in front of my TV on Saturday watching, uh, you know, rounds two through six or whatever it was. And um, you know, seeing Setkoff and just the name, and then you know, seeing some of the highlights, I'm like, wow, this. I feel like this guy's going to turn into like an NHL defenseman for some reason. And you say he looked really that good, huh?
2: I mean, it's a skill. De- it's a skill development setting, so we're not watching guys check the shit out of each other. Uh, that's the fall camp and I love the fall prospect tournament and he's not going to be taking part in that because he, he can actually, this is, I think it is so cool, he, he commutes from Copenhagen, Denmark to Malmo, Sweden mm-hmm. every day to play hockey. He goes across the bridge that, that, is a, that, that crosses the Baltic Sea and he just goes across and he plays hockey. It's like an hour drive. And he makes it like three or four times a day. Like if he wants his pregame nap, he goes home. But anyway, um, so he, he's driving all the time and, and he's playing hockey. And if, if he develops, it is really intriguing. It's just exciting. And that's the thing about going to the summer development camp is that you see these kids who, uh, you know, it's a first impression of course, and you're seeing where they are right now. But, uh, boy, it, it it really encourages you and it really re- re- refreshes your faith in the organization. And I think that I really wish that more people could experience it because, my God, right now, it's kind of depressing.
1: Yes, <laughs> it is, for sure.
0: Well, on that note, you seemed enthused about what you saw, which makes me happy. So my question for you is, George, on who do you think has the best chance on making the team in the next few years?
2: Sorry, Arvey, Ronak. Um, those two are a very, they're, they're a season to a season and a half away from being, uh, really good NHL players who are big enough because Hronik is about, he, he's listed at, at six feet and 164 pounds. That's not fair to him. He's put on at least eight pounds. So <laughs> he's <of> 170, <laughs> you know,
3: which Tyler is, loves, sorry, RV.
2: And, and Suri Harvey, <laughs> who was a, a wonderful interview. My God, I got 10 minutes out of the kid. Um, wow. I mean, he just wanted to talk and talk. Uh, he's, he's, he's never going to be more than 5'10", and he's never going to be more than around 175 pounds. But if he can increase his core strength and he can have a good first pro season with the Griffins, there's a lot of potential there. And there's some indications, you know, from the Red Wings management that that they've seen these two players and that they want to they want to build around them that they want uh, they want a lot bigger defense because they know that people like like Sari and 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 Hronic and Hicketts just aren't they aren't going to grow you know they they're going to get stronger but they're not going to get any bigger and and to do that you've got to surround your defense with some big people and that's what they that's what the Red Wings did with this this past draft mm. um you know Down the line, up front, I think that you look at Giovanni Smith, and Mm -hmm. he's somebody who is like Tyler Bertuzzi 2.0, and Mm -hmm. it's fascinating. He's just because he's so he's such an enthusiastic kid, um, uh, he's just bubbly. His personality is infectious, and on top of that he he crashes and bangs and and loves doing it he i mean he it's it's a painful to watch him in summer development camp because he can't beat the crap out of his teammates and he can't you know (laughs) go in there and grind and piss them off and he loves doing that and you want that kind of enthusiasm for that kind of role so you know it's tyler bertuzzi is the same way it's not that You know, he's this this shy, quiet kid off the ice. Shucks, howdy. um, Yeah, I really I did fine, and the team did well. But it's important that the team did well. This, that, the other thing, and then he goes on the ice, and he's a total asshole. (laughs) You you want a couple of assholes on your team to piss the other team off? (laughs) Yeah. So, but and and down the line, like I'm saying, Rasmussen, in terms of a first look, and this is an emphasis on a first look. It, there's no no need to fear that that Rasmussen is some sort of black hole that the Red Wings drafted this slow guy that can only score on the power play and other than that he's just slow and he's big and slow and, and puts his butt in front of the net nope 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 <laughs> so
1: my follow up question here um you, you mentioned Dennis Chalowski so i uh, you know i don't want to steal too much thunder from there but I do want to I, I, I wanna see how good of a skater is he because I remember the emphasis like on how good of a skater he was. I believe um He's smooth that, I believe that um that Flash called him a graceful skater, I believe. So so how good is he actually?
2: How no you were gonna say something else? No, no 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 Okay, yep. how smooth is he? He's real smooth. I mean, it's not Nicholas Lidstrom or anything, but as far as the defensemen are concerned, he can pull, He can keep. He keeps up with Surry, Arvey, and Hronik real well. Um, I was, I was impressed with the the um, the growth in him over the course of a season. Even though he had a really shitty season with uh, um, Saint Cloud State, he looked like someone who had matured quite a bit and given that he was just such a raw kid uh, I think that's the difference between that's the thing about the the the, the Chikrin versus Chalowski thing is that the 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 Coyotes got a guy that you know 14 other teams in the NHL didn't think was NHL ready and he was ready and Chalowski is a project but there's nothing wrong with having a project defenseman when uh he, he's, he can be as good as Chalowski, and Chalowski looks real smooth, um, not only in his skating, in his defensive ability, in his offensive ability. He's one of those players that keeps his head up and his stick on the ice, and you like seeing that because yes. he can use his stick to defend without getting, getting his nose in, in, in puck battles. Um, Danny the
1: Kaiser.
2: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, when, Dan, when Danny starts looking down, And Danny starts getting turned around. Those are bad things.
1: I agree. So so just, uh, I'd be really pressed to say, you know, if I, I'm from Massachusetts, so I want to know how the mass kid did. How did Keith Petroselli do? Holy
2: shit is he big. (laughs) Holy shit is he big. I mean, this kid, he fills the net just by standing there. My God. God, you're going to have some fun watching him. Does he move well, though? You know, for 6'6 and 185 pounds, which is the legitimate listed weight, yes, he moves very well. Right now, he is somebody whose big legs and big body are good enough that they mask uh, a glove that is very so-so. And I'm a former goalie, so I'm not – What did I want to say? How do I want to? I'm sounding like Don fucking Jerry here. I'm a former goalie, so listen to me. I know what I'm talking about, you (laughs) kids. Um, Don (laughs) Jerry, you're the same birthday, by the way. Maybe that explains why we're both assholes. (laughs) Anyway, Um, his glove is so-so. His blocker needs work. His stick side needs work, but he's just so big and he he comes from he comes from the mass the quote unquote Massachusetts hockey academy his one of his idols and and, and mentors is john van beesbrook who was a tremendously successful nhl goalie that you guys probably are too young to remember i, I don't remember know
1: philadelphia flyers uh, florida panthers
2: yep but but i mean van beesbrook was the florida panthers when they went to the cup final in mm-hmm. 94 and he was tremendous with the rangers before that um, so, I'm really intrigued by him because he is just so naturally talented um, There's a lot to work on uh and he's just a baby by 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 goalie prospect standards. he is just a baby, but uh boy, what a big ass baby that can just get in front knows how to get in front of the puck and if you've got somebody who knows how to get in front of the puck and is six six. You've got a good prospect on your hands already. That just for starters, and the yeah. other thing is that he's talented. So
1: that's re- very refreshing to hear because I mean, for years, you know, it's been it's been nice seeing all these Swedes and these Finns and these Russians and you know all these players, and you know now we're starting to get some Americans. But we got we got a mass hole for a for a prospect, and th- that's awesome <laughs> to see. Because, you know, I'm from Massachusetts, so. You know, that, that well, they dared cool they dare to ask
2: him what his favorite baseball team was. That was hilarious. Did he say the Red Sox? Of course, he said the Red Sox. He <laughs> wanted, he, he said, "I." What he? He he basically said to the, he, it was Art Regner, and Art Regner is a lovely gentleman from yes. DetroitRedWings.com. Art Art asked him, you know, what was your favorite? Your favorite this, your favorite that, the favorite other thing, and he was. He kind of looked at Art like, like Art had three eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no. you gonna start following michigan now oh yeah sure
1: mm-hmm. yeah, no. you know how new england kids are you know they like the red Sox, the bruins the patriots the celtics that's that's just kind of how it works here <laughs> Uh, except There's for nothing me, wrong I was with that. my head when I was a baby. There's I a guess. lot wrong with that, George. There's a lot wrong
2: with that. Well, I, I know I, I've I've gone to a Tigers Red Sox game or three in my lifetime, so I'm I'm aware of this that, that there can be things wrong with that. So don't worry, I'm not completely <laughs> naive.
1: So George, I just have one quick follow up question. If you just want to answer it very quickly, and then we'll just go around the room here real quick. I just want to get everyone's thoughts real quick. Um what are your thoughts on the situation the Red Wings are in, and do you rebuild or do you retool, or do you like what they're doing?
2: My thoughts on the situation is very simple: that unless Ken Holland leaves, and I don't think he's going to uh, uh, yet, I can't say that. Oh. I'm sorry, <laughs> it, we're not going to see this team get a lot of top five picks. We're it's not going to go in the shitter for the sake of 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 next year um but uh if the younger players if the the next generation that we're already intrigued by in in athena and and mantha and larkin if they they grow their angel wings uh if we figure (laughs) out the goaltending situation um and and the cap doesn't come and eat us I think that the Red Wings – I think that Ken Holland is not lying about this parody bullshit, that it is as painful to hear as anything, but that we could at least see this team you know, go near a playoff spot, make a playoff, make the playoffs one year, not make the playoffs the next year, make the playoffs one year, not make the playoffs the next year, and then actually trend up a little bit because they don't make the playoffs and get some – get a high draft pick and, and then they make the playoffs. And I mean, it might be up and down, but if, if the little boys, uh, earn the angel wings, I think that we're going to be, uh, <sighs> okay. Comfortable, comfortable with occasionally sucking.
1: <laughs> I'm okay with that.
2: If you <laughs> get an Andreas, a Andreas Athanasiu doing what he can do and you get Larkin mm-hmm. doing what he can do and, if you get some magical goals and some magical wins, then being mediocre for a couple of seasons isn't the worst thing in the world. At least you get some entertainment value out of it, you know? Um, But I think the question too is, um, is this Jeff Blashfield's last year uh, as as head coach? Uh, And I really like Blash, like as a human being, as well as a coach, but you know uh, they've got a guy who just won the AHL championship in Todd Nelson, and Todd Nelson just, just interviewed it. for the Coyotes job. And Todd Nelson, I mean, it was a veteran team in the in the in the, in the regular season. An AHL developmental team is gonna is gonna development the prospects, but in the playoffs, it's it's about winning. So it was a very much so a veteran team. But yeah. You know, uh, like I said, I I think that that we could be marginally comfortable with with being mediocre for a couple of years if if things go well. And now I'll shut up. Sorry.
1: (laughs) It's all good, George. We like hearing from you. So you guys have any other thoughts on that?
3: Uh, I don't know. I kind of – we touched on it last week. I kind of nitpicked on Ken Holland's comments with uh, saying we're looking to make some moves to get back to the playoffs. Um, where I wasn't, as a fan, too happy about because I want him to make moves in the coming years that will give him to be a cup contender uh, for a number of years, not just get back to the playoffs. Um, so I guess we'll see. You know, that he's he's mentioned a couple times, or I should say a couple, a bunch of times, that, you know, they're not going to get a team together again like it was in 2002 with just th- this salary cap era. Um, you know, you're not going to get all those guys to come together uh, in this day and age. But, you know, I guess it'll be just kind of interesting to see how it goes. Um and George touching on the coaching situation, it'd be interesting to see them replace a Calder Cup winning coach with another Calder Cup winning coach. Like, it, it just, you know, I and I don't know much about Todd Nelson. Uh, I do like Jeff Blashill as a uh, coach and a human being um, a lot, and I learned a lot about him after they won in 2012 uh, with the Griffins. But uh, I guess we'll kind of see how that plays out.
1: Tess, your thoughts real quick?
0: Um, I've been saying this since I joined with Octopus, um, Steve Eisenman, please come home. I know Tanner's <laughs> with me on that. Um, Ken Holland.
2: They got to get a cup. They got to get a cup. He's not going yeah. without a cup.
0: Yeah, I agree. Growing up, though, my dad always said, and Ken Holland, we trust, which back in the 90s and 2002 was right. Last three years, I'm like, "What? why, why, why should I trust him? But I mean, if he can just make some smarter moves with contracts and just like George said, let's just kind of like limp it through the next few seasons. Like we can make it and we cannot make it. Let's just get some entertainment. I just don't want to make the playoffs like for five years straight. That would just be horrible. Mm-hmm. I might go into depression. But yeah, let's just let's just go with the flow. I just want to be a happy Wings fan again. I don't want to, to like turn off the games in, like the second period because I'm just like f this game. Could did that a lot this season, mm-hmm. and it was painful. So a lot of I just want to get mm-hmm. I want to get back to enjoying watching our boys play. So I don't want to repeat right. it last year. It was too painful.
1: I think growth is the key. I think if the team, if you know, if the team shows a sign of growth, and, and you know they have some players that take a few steps forward, I think we're looking at. Um, the makings of something special again. And, uh, you know, when you get to the playoffs and you're a team that is a possible, you know, borderline contender, um, you know, anything can happen. And, and the other thing I would say is I think we're, we're really in the same kind of situation the Philadelphia Flyers have been in for the last few years. I think we have some young players coming up, uh, except for most of our young players are coming up on forward and not defense. But, you know, we do have players coming. So um, we are getting towards the end of this, uh, George. We really want to thank you for coming. Um, you know we're going to get towards the end of this, but uh, Tess, I just want you to shout out the winner of the uh, Dylan Larkin T-shirt contest.
0: It was picked at random, so it was fair and square. The winner is Blaine, and her at her Twitter name is at superb one nine nine one. So congratulations, Blaine, on your new Dylan Larkin T-shirt. Yes. And we, we will we, be in contact with her via DM, correct?
1: Yes. Correct. That's, yep. And, uh, you know, just for, like, shirt size and stuff like that. Um,
3: well, we appreciate everybody who, who retweeted. Uh, it was great to see everybody um, give us a follow and who retweeted. We'll be doing more of that um, as the season nears and definitely during the season. So just be on the lookout for that. But, um, again, appreciate everybody who, uh, who joined in on that
1: contest. Yes, for sure. So, George, we want to thank you for joining us. Tanner, Tess, it was a pleasure. Uh, if you guys just want to shout out your hand, your Twitter handles, real quick. Tess, you go first, please.
0: It's at tmdudleyxo.
1: Okay, Tanner, you go ahead. At the other T Swift. And George, where can we find your great stuff?
2: Uh, the Twitter handle at George Malik M A L I K. Yep. Uh, my boss's website is Kukla's Corner, K-U-K-L-A, it's Polish and Armenian, um, K-U-K-L-A-S-K-O-R-N-E-R Corner.com slash T-M-R, as in the Malik Report.
1: Okay, great. Thank you for joining us, George. I appreciate it. Everybody stay classy, Hockey Town, and you know, we'll get through this the rest of the summer and You know, we'll be right into uh, fall training camp. So, everyone have a good night. Thank you guys for joining us. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you.